Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, back with another Enough About Me. Uh, the feedback to the podcast last week or so have been uh, fantastic. I appreciate that. Subscribe if you would. Uh, leave a five-star review if you'd like as well. Leave a one-star review if you think it sucks. That's fine as well. I don't really care. Uh, Dave Portnoy will join me here in a few minutes. Uh, I have a good relationship with him, obviously. Uh, you know, Barstool, I was did a lot of work with at the Super Bowl. Um, Portnoy has been a good, loyal uh, supporter of mine in shitty times. And I've tried to be for him as well. Um because I think Barstool is necessary. I think it's necessary in media today, and I know people get worked up about that. But first of all, they first and foremost, they have fucking fun. They laugh, and they point out stupid shit that's going on in America right now. And the more of that is necessary, and they're getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And if anybody had a fucking brain, they would say, geez, I wonder why that's so popular. In a smaller way, I think they would look at my old show and say, geez, I wonder why that's so popular. Uh, oh, because people you know, have an appetite for it. So that must mean that a lot of people feel that way, which means that we should maybe defend it. And Portnoy has been defended and is, and is fought back. And I give him a lot of credit for that. Uh, and this company, which is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. You guys know all about it. Obviously uh, he was my first guest on the first episode. He'll be my guest here on the 99th episode uh, in a few minutes. Uh, other than that, not much to update. Uh, we do have a producer. Uh, we hired a producer. His name is Dave Cullinane. Dave Cullinane is his name. He's been around, done some Boston producing in the past. Uh, so he's going to be my producer here going forward starting a week from Wednesday, which is the 27th. I'll start hiring. He'll be with me full time as we move forward first with this sort of daily podcast, which will be, I think, uh, officially announced sometime in April and then the live show, which will happen whenever uh, whenever that happens. Um, trying to think here what else. Not really much else going on, obviously, since yesterday. No big stories in the news. Uh, I enjoyed this conversation. So I'm doing this after the fact uh, here with Portnoy. Uh, maybe I'll go live on... Uh, should I go live on Periscope right now? And, and, and it was kind of screwed up last time. People seem to like it, though. So, you know, I'll do it for two minutes with you guys here as we get to the Enough About Me with uh, Portnoy. Uh, let me see here. How did I do it last time? Did I do it like this? What do you see now? Initializing video stream. We're going to go live. So we're live again on Periscope here. Uh, we'll give him a couple minutes. So I hit it twice, and it's me. Did I do it right? I did. There is literally two people on. This is what it's all about. Two people on. 15 people on uh, on, on this exciting uh, feed here. As I wrap up, enough about me. Episode 99. I just interviewed Portnoy. We had a good 25, 30-minute conversation. Uh, we covered everything under Everything you want to talk about. Barstool, everything that's going on in media today got all that shit going on so it was a pretty entertaining talk with portnoy the rest of the week tomorrow i have an interesting one i'm going to tape episode 100 tomorrow of uh of enough about me um ben kitchen i think who was my initial producer uh will be on uh i hope uh we're gonna try and book him for later uh today maybe early tomorrow talk about his experience producing it he was there at the beginning of it did a great job producing my podcast we had a falling out we had a, obviously I had my big fight with michael hawley october of 2017 uh and then ben and i didn't really talk after that 
Um, he left the show, or I let him go as producer. So we're going to cover that as well. He's working with Mikey Adams now, who hates me. So I'd like to talk about that. So some stuff to talk about with Ben. And then this is candidate running for Congress in Virginia. I'm going to mispronounce his name, so I'm not going to say it. He's on tomorrow as well. Interesting guy. He's got a lot of thoughts that I disagree with. But I give him credit. I've reached out to person after person after person to uh, to come on here. Uh, can everybody in Periscope land hear me okay as I'm taping this uh, as I'm taping this podcast? Um uh, so he, 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 he's the one guy who said yes. And I've asked everybody to come on, uh, stuttering John. Um, I've asked, uh, uh, a bunch of authors to come on. So people have disagreed with some other issues and you get no response or a no. When Kirk Minahan asks people to come on the podcast, you know, you get a lot of pussy them. You get a lot of no, 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 no. And for media people as well, by the way, people who are afraid to come on and, you know, and, and fight back, but they're happy to lob bombs, you know, like the Globe people, like the Shirley Luongs, the Kevin Collins, the Brian McGorries, you know, cowards, people who will not fight back. Well, they're not alone. There are other people in the world like that. Whereas opposed to having a debate, and that's where I give this Tom Stackpole guy credit, uh, Joe Rogan, I'd love to have on somebody periscoping me, and I'd love to go on his podcast. Um, I give the Stackpole guy credit, at least, he came on and fought. You know, he, he. You know, I don't know how good of a job he did, but he came on and fought. Whereas, uh, whereas others will not. So that's the that, that's sort of the quandary I'm in right now. But uh, you get another podcast here today, which would be Wednesday for you guys at 10 a.m. Um, and uh, and then the next one with uh, with those two with Ben and this Congress congressional candidate I talked about would be um, Thursday at 10 a.m. I'm gonna try and do another one uh, as well. So there you go. So uh, and I, I am, I'm just going to answer this now. I'm going to stop. First of all, I'm going to stop the broadcast. So there you go. Um, hello to all you people. Just want to check in quickly on there. Stopping the broadcast. Um, <clears throat> and I get this all the time. And I had this conversation with Carl Samosdes, who is working for me uh, as part of the show, sort of the director of operations for the show. And, um, and Jeff Sadalano, who is, you know, my essentially my program director. I did the mailbag last week, sort of this, you need to move on from the EI stuff. Uh, and my argument is I will as time goes on. But, you know, again, I've said this before. It's my show. It was my show. It means a lot to me. And I have thoughts about it. And clearly people do as well. I get asked about it all the time. And I built my reputation by being honest and talking about things that others wouldn't talk about. So, you know, I'm going to talk about the show once in a while. I mean, just tough shit. I'm going to talk about the show. Today's not one of those days, but I'm just saying that stuff's going to happen. So uh, so anyway, long way around of saying I'm um, reaching out to guests all the time. You can tweet me at Kirkmin, K-I-R-K-M-I-N, if you have any guest thoughts as well. Um, you know, I'll reach out to anybody and give them a shot. Uh, but Portnoy was nice enough to jump on, give me uh, 25 minutes or a half hour today. Uh, and he's the guest right now coming up on episode 99 of Enough about me uh all right I, first of all i have portnoy here and i can't hear him because i think it's well i'm gonna yell you told me i have to yell so if you want me to yell i'll yell but why is it so is it, but you can hear me okay yes hmm. i'm no. yelling the last time we saw each other was in atlanta i thought it was did you, first of all give me a, a kirk minahan report card for the week in atlanta please if you would i mean i thought you did a very good job i give you like a b plus uh, I liked when you, you asked Goodell, that was prior to me getting dragged out of the Super Bowl, if you knew what Barstool was. Right. It was good on radio. Some of the guests, you know, when you have the lazy guests, not lazy guests, but we, you never know who's coming on during Super Bowl week, so some guests better than others. Too many guests. The guy we had too, who couldn't talk on the Falcons. Too many guests. Well, yeah. 
because we booked. We were, who was the guy in the Falcons, the wide receiver, who couldn't speak? Oh, yeah, he was fucking terrible. He was terrible. Yeah. Was, so, was no, terrible. it was good. It, was, it, it went well. What would you think? Well, it was, I enjoyed it. Yourself. I, yeah. It was it, it was diff- it was different for me not being like the ha- running the show was weird like just going in and, and doing my like being the guy there was sort of a weird experience for me because it's your show it's your world so I'm there kind of the to help out so not being the whatever the perceived alpha was strange I wrestled right. with that emotionally mentally sexually I wrestled with that all week yeah it is it is different and you don't know because obviously you like to stir things up and some of the guests were friends with some were not so it's always I get that I, I totally get that. But do you admire me more than you did before the week started? No. Minahan, I tried, said I would hire you all, all the way through. So that, that opinion of mine didn't change. Is that, is that door still open? Because I, you know, I, I, I promoted that new live show I was going to do starting in March. We're now you know, in the middle of March. So you know, when they eventually kick me out of here, is that, that door is still open. Yeah, depending on when you get kicked. I mean, it's not a never, you know, what if I'm not here? Who knows? I oh, mean, yeah. when you're available. But as of now, I would say yes. What's, uh, did you, so we talked, we didn't talk a lot during that. Cause you know, you got fucking 50 different things going on. You're doing pizza reviews. You're running around. You're in Atlanta. We only talked a little bit. Do you enjoy the, so like radio is my life. I love it. I'm obsessed with it. Do you enjoy doing sad like that radio show or is it just there and you just have to do it? Because uh, you, sign deal? Uh, you know, I would say I love it. It's it, like what you said, we're doing a million things. So it, it, we don't put much planning into it. We just kind of sit down and do it. I'd agree with um, that. What's that? I would agree with that. There was not a lot of planning yeah. going on. Correct. So sometimes I like doing it, um, and I do respect like guys like you. Like two hours, I, one hour of doing radio a lot of times, uh, I'm good, and then it's, I want to go on to something else. Two hours can sometimes drag, and I know that's not a long show, um, but there's just so many different things. I do enjoy it, but it, on slow days and things that we don't have a lot to talk about, you know, after one hour, I'm ready to get out of there, but I do skip it a lot, too. Um, it's, it's good so much. It's an unusual thing because, like you said, we're doing pizza reviews and we do a different show right before that, our rundown. This is a billion things. And on the scale of what we're doing, the satellite radio is probably middle of the pack in terms of importance to me. Where, so, I mean, you guys are obviously, obviously always trying to do different shit. You're getting in trouble. You're doing this. You're doing that. Do you ever reach a point where you're kind of like, well, I mean, like, what's, what's left? Like, how long can we be playing sort of the underdog role, the everyone hates us role, when the reality is now – I mean, most people now, like, love you guys. I mean, especially right. people our age and younger. I mean, how much longer can you play this pretend game where, like, you know, you act like you're the underdog when it's clearly bullshit at this point? Well, I, I, listen, I've always said 99% of people love first, so I, I've never hidden that. We're, but we're always going to be in this underdog anti-PC role because with the hatred that is felt towards Barstool Sports, and me in particular, is very real. Like, By the media. Checkmark. What's that? By the media, not by people. Correct. Right. But correct. So, but as long as long as we're portrayed in the media as you know the devil and the worst people in the world, we'll continue to do the underdog card. I, I agree with you. Most people like us. That's that's why we're growing, and other people are failing. But you know, anytime something good happens, there's a thousand hit pieces, and there's still people who have no idea who we are who jump in and they read the article and they don't do any research. Um, as long as I'm getting, you know, dragged out of the Super Bowl by Roger Goodell, I'm pretty sure we're going to be able to play the underdog card. It, it is a unique situation in which we have grown, and we are, I would say, mainstream, but it still has that pirate ship persona because of the way 
you know, our peers, I don't know if you want to call them peers, the rest of the media world does hate me. And they truly think I'm a bad guy. Like, I've asked some people, it's like, this person's just playing along, right? They know they're getting clicks. They know when they talk about me, it drives page views. Like who? They don't who? really hate me. Like who? They do really hate me, I think. Like, like Deadspin people? Who? Who specifically? Yeah, like uh, that Laura Wagner. Yeah, like, she hates I, you. Yeah, she hates me. Now, I really, in the beginning, I'm like, oh, she's, she's in the arena, so to speak. We're kind of doing this game where she gets clicks, I get clicks. And then people who kind of knew her are like, no, she really, like, she really thinks you're like Hitler. She thinks you're bad for society. And it's like, how? How is that possible for a rationally thinking human? But they're not. They're just crazy people. And all these blue checkmark brigade people, they're all nuts. I've said this. Anybody who criticizes me or Barstool, if you go look at their next three tweets, it is 100% fact that, like, something is anti-Trump. Oh, of course. Well, that's my hope. Yeah, right. That's my existence. But, you know, I am – so a big reason why I'm out of my job is because of this activist. We've talked about the one after me, da-da-da. Yeah, I know what you mean. You've you've seen it happen to your buddy Tucker Carlson, right? So, I mean, when is – are you surprised that there's not been an effective campaign yet against Barstool? Well, if I had overlords like you did or you do – it would be effective. I am in a unique position, which people didn't believe. I control the content. I didn't. Not- I, yeah, I didn't believe you. Three years ago, you sat down with me in the podcast, and I remember saying to you, "It's going to be different. You're going to be fucked. You sold your soul. When you get in trouble, you get." But that, that I, I have to be fair. Clearly, that's not the case. I mean, it's just not right. So we we still have total control of that, and they knew it going in. They haven't changed there's nothing i've ever been told to apologize or do something different so the fact that i can't be removed or really punished for anything i say gives us the upper hand so i it's just we're impervious to it and you know you can look at it good and bad if they want to sell the company again churning all this reputation my reputation certainly hurts people are afraid to touch us but monetizing what we do here and growing the brand and making the readership stronger it helps. It builds the core because people are so sick of this other shit. And it's like we are a brand that literally sticks to what we say. And basically, the more you hate us, the more we give you the bird back. So that works in our favor. But there's been no point in the last couple of years where you've done something or someone in your world has done something so dumb where uh, some one of your bosses said, hey, listen, you got to apologize for this. you got to get rid of this. You gotta, we'll get to the other stuff in a second. But there's been no, no moment like that where they've said you can't say that. No. No, I mean, for the most part, we are normally functioning rational people, and I trust everybody here is like moral integrity. Sure, you may do a bad joke or something like that, but we're generally on the right side of history with everything we say. And, and like an example of your past, like when you had to apologize for threatening to kill Goodell, like shit like that just won't happen here because. You know, that's a fake apology. Everyone knows it's a fake apology. Everybody knows anybody who's bent out of shape of that is a lunatic. So we don't we don't have to deal with that. Are you more convinced now after what happened to you at the Super Bowl, which I told you was going to happen all week? You didn't believe me. Are you more convinced now than ever that your Goodell Hitler comparison, you must stand by that now stronger than you ever have? Of course. How could you not? I mean, I mean, Hitler at the 36 Olympics in Berlin would have done that to somebody. I listen, I didn't. I honestly did not think I would get kicked out of the Super Bowl. Uh, I was stunned it happened. I, it just seems like they have better things to do than like kick a guy out who paid for a ticket who's pretty much minding his own business at the game. Um, but I was wrong. The, the depths of his uh, insecurity and, and fear of 
a democratic regime like Barstool runs very deep, apparently. Have you ever in your life, ever in your life, gone to massage parlor and been jerked off? Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, is that true? Yeah. I didn't know that. You, you, I didn't know. Have you admitted that? Yeah. Oh, well, when, when was the last time this happened? Oh, a long time ago. Uh, Don't you think out of solidarity you should do that now? I... I mean, I don't have to do it out of solidarity. I, I have no problem with it. Now, granted, I'm going to be—I'll uh, admit—the whole sex trafficking thing that never even crossed my mind that that is a now. So, I, for the record, you are anti-sex trafficking. I am very anti-sex trafficking. Right. I've heard you say In that. In this case, yeah. would actually make me rethink. Yeah, it's like I never thought about it. It's like, all right, you go to a massage parlor. I feel like that's not that big of a deal. You thought that, that you that, thought that the woman there who couldn't speak English, who jerked you off, was really excited about this perfect experience. Perfect English, Kirk. Perfect English. Oh, okay. Prostitution okay. is the world's oldest uh, uh, trade. I have no problem. If girl wants, if girl wants to. If I'm going to pay somebody and they want to jerk me off, what do I care? Well, I agree. If it's two consenting adults, then I'm with you. I'm on board with that. I am. I am for the legalization of prostitution. Right. So, all right. There's there is a much different dynamic here at play. And by the way, I think it's going to come out that this was not sex trafficking at all. It already seems to be. It's leaning that way already. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I it, much to do about nothing here. But it did make me rethink, though. I mean, there's issues, obviously, if these women are being held captive or any that's horrific. That is, I don't think that's going to be the case here. I've never been remotely aware that that's been the case. So it does open your eyes. I don't know if they do it again if, if, that, if these women are like part of some conspiracy. But in terms of the general philosophy of if a girl wants to make money, what do I fucking care? It seems like such a joyless experience, though, for, even from the guy to go in there it seems so clinical and odd. Like, you know she doesn't want to do it. Like, what's the... I, I don't know. What talking about you don't know? If, if, if you're making money, who says you don't want to do it? You know where? In Montreal, there's like this, this there's a well-known legal place in Montreal sure. that everyone's aware. What? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so, I mean, I didn't think much of it. Um. Okay. Um. I don't know what you want me to I'm just, I just, I didn't, I didn't know that, I'm not, I'm not, take it easy, I didn't, I didn't know you went to one of these places before, I didn't know you were, you know, addicted to prostitution, I didn't realize that. Right, see, that's, that'll be the headline, Dave Portnoy promotes sex trafficking, jerks off, sex trade, all that, that you know how they like to spin it. You think the headline will be Dave Portnoy jerks off sex trade? That would be an odd headline. Yeah, there's been a lot of odd headlines about me in my career. What was the, what was the, that was, it was, very, I gotta give you this, very funny a couple weeks ago. You guys did that video with the Deadspin writer who claimed that she lived in the, was it the Puerto Rican area of? Yeah, yeah. She, well, she was she was trying to be on our high horse. Right, right. And right. somehow it's like she came out, she lived in Williamsburg, right. which she must have taken that as against. And Williamsburg's like Brooklyn, a very affluent kind of hippie neighborhood, I sure. guess. But she must have taken that as a, like, a gutsy moment. Like, oh, no, they found out I lived there. So she threw in. But I live in the Puerto Rican part, whatever the hell that. What does that even so mean? I went, I went to Brooklyn right. and, and interviewed all the people in her area, asking what they thought about the fact she thought she was doing God's work by her willingness to live near Puerto Ricans. What? Ha- when? When did Deadspin become so fucking joyless and full of pussies and PC fucking assholes? Like, what, do we have a date yeah, on that? Well, you know, once they once they got uh, you know sued by the Hulkster, they, oh, right, they right. brought in the new regime. That they brought in a totally different regime, and they, these people are crazy. And the thing about these people that drive me nuts, they're all like young, 
nobody's. Like, they have no experience. They have no life experience. And this is what Desmond's always done, in a way. They, they made their bones by going after ESPN. Now they go after us. It's a different regime. Um, but no, no company in the world is more hypocritical than them. They have this sordid past, way worse than us, um, you know, doing all these despicable things, and they just pretend it never happened, and they point the finger at everybody else. They're the worst humans on earth. I really believe that. Worse than Al-Qaeda? Um, yes. How okay. about that? I, agree. I don't disagree with that. I agree because with you. Because at least Al-Qaeda is straightforward. They're like, oh, we're terrorists, and we're going to try to kill you. Um, and they have the black flag, and they're very evil people. Mm-hmm. Uh, the deception that is involved, I don't like fraud. I don't like deadspin in the fact that they pretend they're doing like they're the moral authority when they're immoral losers. So at least Al-Qaeda, you know you're dealing with terrorists. You know, you know what I find interesting, and deadspin's doing this, and I see other people that do this now, they will on purpose sabotage their own profit by chasing political correctness. Like, they're costing themselves money by being gutless. It's, it's just weird. Yeah, I mean, they're, they, of course, they went bankrupt. They're on the right. market to be sold. Uh, they'll eventually, honestly, I, I'd say there's like a 15 to 20% chance if the price is right that I buy them you have just to, to right? shut them down. I'm not even joking. That's how petty I am. The one contingency would be nobody could t- tell them that I bought them until I deliver the news. <laughs> so, like, they walk in and I'm just sitting there. Um, that that I'm petty enough. If the price sinks low enough, like, I would spend two to three million, maybe $5 million just for that thrill. What, what, t- explain to me in your best spin, your best uh, barstool spin, these 60,000 tweets that were deleted or whatever the hell happened. What, what is this? Us? Yes. I don't need spin. We don't spin anything. Well, That's what really simple. So there's that. We got in trouble. We got DCMA from a comedian who made a video. I don't know. It was some old song. Yes. Like some, yeah. And she sang it to a Christmas carol. Mm-hmm. Turns out, by the way, she took the idea from somebody else. But that's neither here nor there. Correct. The way social media works, we credit her, apparently, on Instagram. She never complained. On Twitter, we did not credit her. She never contacted us. She never said a word about it. We have, uh, in, until we got DCMA, which is basically you can file a complaint with Twitter, right? Mm-hmm. And if you get six of these, six strikes, Twitter just deletes your account. So whenever we get DCMA, we aggressively try to come to a resolution with whoever did it. We'll pay you. We'll credit you. We'll do whatever. Um, this girl won none of it. She went public with it and said, said we're threatening her, blah, blah, blah. I posted all the uh, texts and emails we sent her. Mm-hmm. They were all like, hey, sorry we didn't credit you. How can we resolve this? Do you want $2,000? Now, we had an idiot lawyer offer a $50 gift card to a store made up of like assholes. That. I did see that. Total assholes. Right. Bottom line is we tried to fix it. We weren't threatening her, blah, blah, blah. The problem, so many people don't like us. We have years of videos somebody could go back as far in time and just issue the dcma if we get six of those then our twitter account is gone so the no-brainer decision which i signed off on is let's just delete every video that we posted so nobody can do the dcmas do you do you see the irony in this that you and i had an issue at the super bowl where you didn't credit me with the video when Kraft said minahan uh yeah well guess what you could have dcma'd us would i have gotten the 50 dollar gift card to our store, you probably use that. That's somebody who's a fan of the store. That may have gotten the job done. We shouldn't have probably offered a $50 gift card to somebody who despises us. That wasn't smart.
Are the comment sections back up running good to go? Comment section's back up. Uh, you got to be a member of Gold to comment, but no one's complaining anymore, and we don't have N-bombs and all the racist and horrible shit that people were saying before, so I'm fine with it. That, to me, I talked to you about this on uh, at the show during Super Bowl week. If some asshole wants to put the N-bomb on comments, in my world, you should be allowed to do that, and then the rest of the commenters can tell that asshole what an asshole he is. Is that, yeah, is that the correct yeah, line of thinking nice or no? Thing to do, but I'm more concerned about, uh, you know, Diageo or Bud Light saying we don't want to be on your website advertising because there's an end bomb on there. Right. That's re- no, that's a reasonable line of thinking. Um, we talked again. Something else we talked about. Serious. I don't know if I've talked about it yet in my podcast. I'm not sure I've been on the air since then. But we, I told you the story uh, at the Super Bowl was that when I went into Winchester Hospital, and I checked in that night. The security guard there, I was 20 minutes after checking in, asked me if you were what you were like in real life. That's 20 minutes. After I checked yeah, in, I took that as a big compliment. Yeah, you, yes. I'm you, glad you. I'm glad you lived to tell me that story. And you also said, which I thought was nice, was if I had in fact died, you would have gone to the wake and funeral. You said, yeah, both. I would have. You wouldn't have just done. You wouldn't have just done funeral. I would have done both. Big line at the wake. I could see that being a decent. That's probably an hour wait. Mm, I didn't know it'd be that long. No, I mean I'm younger. You know, somewhat notable. I'm from here. I think there'd be a decent line. Well. I would it, let me put it this way, Kurt. Yeah, I would sure. at least go and check out how long the line was. <laughs> That's reasonable. What's what, what what's what's the next? So, in the last like say year or so, I, I I could be wrong. It seems to me the big breakout stars at Barstool have been the uh, have been the Call Me Daddy or whatever it's called. Those girls. yeah, they're, they've become huge quickly. The Call Her Daddy girl. That podcast is in like the top ten of all podcasts almost all the time. Yeah, it's gigantic. It's crazy how quickly it grew. I feel like if two men told the same stories, it would not be nearly as successful. It wouldn't work. I think we talked about this a little bit. What we're finding, it's easier to grow, I feel like, or make a name as a female in our industry right now. The males, just because the sheer number of guys who have podcasts and write blogs are, are far greater than females. There's more room to create a niche like nobody was doing what the call her daddy girls were doing they're very good at it they're two very pretty girls who openly talk about sex no one was really doing it like how they did and you put kind of they you combine them with us we put the fuel on it and it exploded but it's much harder i feel like to rise above the noise doing something unique in the guy space that's that's my take on it like we we are hiring more girls because they're more unique and they're they women. find their you're hiring more women are you trying to PC me with yes. women, girls? Yes. Listen, That's very I, offensive. Boys, guys, offensive women, girls, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> what, 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 would you, what happens if uh, a Feidelberg or a KFC or, pardon my take, left Barstool World? Would they be successful on their own? Yeah, I think they would. Um, I mean, certainly part of my take is gigantic. Right. And uh, I think as the chops do whatever he wants. You know, KFC has more, I think, of a Barstool stain on them kind of like I do. Um, but I think at, at this point, everybody would be successful, whether they were here or not at this point. The top-level guys, I do believe that. Do you still hate uh, Joe Zambrano? Yeah, he's a... Go I ahead. can say anything on this thing. He's a cock. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Continue. He is. I mean, he's a rat. The, mm-hmm. What he did What he did with... Uh, there's certain thing that I don't forgive. Trying to steal... Because we had, I would say, EEI... And Barstool at that time had a cordial relationship to go and try to steal somebody who's under contract with us 
and ask to look at his contract so you could figure out how to break it, well, that's going to make me hate you. Even when you and I talked, I said, well, when's your contract over? That's different. If someone's contract is coming to an end and you want to try to hire them, that's totally fair game. But to openly try to break somebody else's contract when I thought you had a working relationship with those people, well, that's a devious scumbag rat move. The irony, of course, is... Stupid. Okay, please. That he was like trying to use it to go first. Like, Carabas not going anywhere. I, like, I know that. So I didn't think he was leaving. He was trying to wiggle around for more money because, as he said, he has no life skills and he's really stupid. He's so stupid that he told me everything he did. <laughs> that is, that is, I'm what a moron. What a fucking moron. <laughs> Two morons, really, I mean, Zarbano and, and Carabas, really. I mean, yeah, I mean, they're both, in this case, equally stupid, really. Like, I mean, Carabas telling me every move he's made, and Zambrano to think that he's, that Carabas was going to leave in the first place and wasn't just using him and wasn't going to go running back, tell me everything he did. <laughs> That's fucking incredible. Yeah, well, I mean, because we, we had a, obviously it was cold for a while after all the Brady's kid thing, which whatever. But I felt like Jerry and me, like we definitely, I thought we had a pretty good thing going between us and you guys for a while. Well, that, yes, I'd agree with that. And, and that is why. It, it, listen, if somebody I hate is trying to steal somebody, I'm not going to hate them more. It's like, well, I hate them. So what? They don't. There's no loyalty or no, you know, do the right thing. But I did feel like we had a working, a cordial relationship, like what you just said. So to find that out, that the, I mean, one second the Brano would be asking me to do something, and they'd hang up and try to steal carrots. That's just a rat move. And over it's such a minor talent too, and. In, in- in Carabas. It's not like you're talking. He's growing. I mean, you know, you go out here in, in New York, but he, he'd be a pretty big star in Boston. Eh. He's the right guy. pretty much on lockdown. Yeah, I guess. I guess that's Yeah, who's the next big Barstool star? Who's in the, you know, Casey Smith broke out last year, I think. Who's going to be the sort of the, who's the, who's the one? I mean, the Caller Daddy girls are still there. Uh, Lowell and Caleb, they've been here a while. They're big. I'm trying to think who would be. I feel like you know all the new ones. I don't know. I, you never know. We may not even hired them yet. What's the next? What, what, what do we got coming up here? What's the next few months? Anything big? Yeah. Well, it's just I don't know. Big. It's a lot of travel. We're uh, we're sleeping over at a sports book this weekend for the tournament. Literally sleeping over, bringing like mattresses to the FanDuel sports book. Then the weekend after, it's Vegas for my birthday. Mm-hmm. Then after that, uh, Final Four, Minnesota, then the Masters. Then a rough and rowdy, and then Talladega. So it's like six or seven straight weeks of travel. I'm going to be at the Masters this year. No shit. Yes. You yeah. golf? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I golf. You yes. don't seem like a golf guy. Nine handicap. For real? Yes. Oh, yeah. I, I, you want me to send you, would be a harder move if I sent you my, uh, my, my no, handicap? No, I, I didn't. I, that surprised me. I went last year. I talked. I talked to Riggs the whole time. We we're talking about golf. I, uh, I'm going. I'm going this year. I went last year. I'm going. Yeah, I love. I fucking love it. The Masters is awesome. It's, it's the it, best. It, the Masters reminds me. I'm a horse guy. Reminds me of Keeneland. There's always this Masters story I tell. So we were there two years ago doing radio, and as you know, since you've been, they don't let you take your cell phone into the course. Correct. They, you got to check it. I didn't have a watch and didn't know what time it was. So we asked the older guy, I said, do you know what time it is? Because we had to get back for our radio show. He looked at me dead serious as time stands still at the Masters. <laughs> and he wouldn't tell me what time it was. Well, the Masters, like, so, you know, I got one, a guy I went with last year. I followed one group around. He followed someone else around. It's almost like when we were back in high school and you just said, I'll meet you here. And then you figure out the time because you have no 
concept of what's going on. None. Right. Which is right. which is fucking. I, I don't know. I, I I could I could tell. I mean, it's very limited. Some people care about. Some people don't. What are you doing there? What what, what are you guys doing with the Masters? We generally do radio, like the serious show. Where do you do it from? Uh, we did it. They, so we partnered when we did it with like uh, Natty Light, the beer. They had actually a great setup. They called Natty Shack, like right next door to the course. Um, and they had all TVs and over. It was, it was very good. I'm not sure about this year yet. It is wild when you go like, so I never been. You had this idea of, you know, Magnolia Drive, Augusta, but around it, it's like being in, you know, friggin' like Saugus or something. It's a bunch of chain yeah. places and friggin', yep. you know, uh, 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 cash check stores and shit then you take a right and you're at the friggin you're you're at the masters yeah no the outside surrounding area is not great um all right anything else anything you want to ask me anything about me that's piqued your curiosity lately uh no i mean i haven't heard anything from another curious person by nature do you read books i'm very curious do you read books Kirk, I don't have time to read i'm just (laughs) I'm, 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 i'm like when you're on a plane do you read a book or no what do you do no, I watch a movie. I, listen, do you think I, would books be invented if TV were invented first? No. I love books. So I, I love books. Well, that that then you should drive around with square wheels too. <laughs> I don't think that's quite quite exactly. It is. <laughs> the only reason there's books is because TV wasn't invented first. Now people who read they think they're so tough. And you're going backwards in time. Well, I mean, so okay, all right. Uh, any good TV shows lately? What do you watch? What is Portnoy watching? Uh, I watched Billions a little bit. You want to hear a crazy Billions story? We did a pizza review with this guy from Billions, and, and Showtime paid for it. Mm-hmm. And the guy swore, Dan Soder, he swore at the end. He said, I'll be like shit and blood or something. Showtime said, you've got to take that out. You've got to cut it. I said, no fucking way am I cutting out. We did one take on the pizza reviews. Right. We got in a standoff. They ended up, we, we just took all their logos off. They wouldn't pay for it. The show Billions is the most graphic, raunchy show. This is how stupid. Well, Giamatti in that show is like a fucking madman. What's that? Paul Giamatti in that show is like a madman. And they're mad about swearing in a pizza review. It's insane. These people, a lot of people have no brains, Kirk. No brains. Yes, yes. Showtime, the station that brought us Gigolo, is, is offended by yeah, somebody swearing. Yeah, they're guy saying he shit blood. So I watched that. I love Game of Thrones. I'm looking forward to that coming back. Never seen that. Um, ah, it's great. It really is. Um... So I watch that, and then I watch Office reruns pretty much every day. And you, you, so you watch these, you're not the documentary guy like I am. You're not into these documentaries? No, I don't have time for that. It's a fucking hour, an hour and a half. You I watch time. movies. I like movies. Like I, I, You know, I watch everything. I, any movie that comes on, I want to see Vice now. I saw Creed 2 the other day, Green Excellent. Book, all that shit. I'll watch movies. Take my mind off gambling. All right, fine. I'll let you go. I'm sure you got other stuff to do. I'll check in at some. Yeah, point. unlike you, I got a lot of things. Are you, are you talk, I, I've, I've done. I've done two podcasts already this week. I'm a fucking workhorse. Who's the, who's the guest on the other one? Uh, this media critic. You would you wouldn't listen to it. You'd be fucking bored. Okay. You'd be bored. Well, fine. Right. This will probably be your highest rated one. So yeah. congrats. <laughs> All right. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. 
Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.